episode ninety-six. Lead from the side. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hi, late educators. This is Gretchen from Always a Lesson. And whether you are teaching a lesson or you're learning one yourself, this podcast is for you. In fact, I'm here to empower you. I want you to reach your potential. And that's why I use the term elite, because that really just refers to someone who takes the time to invest in themselves by doing what you're doing right now, which is listening to a podcast like this to help hone your craft. I want to also say thank you to those of you tuning in each week. I love to see more and more subscribers. But even more than that, I love to see your thoughts on ratings and reviews. So today's shout out goes to Mark Smith who said, elite show for elite educators. As an educator, I love the positive message and helpful info this podcast provides. Gretchen rocks. Thanks, Mark, for stopping by. I love your concise review, letting me know that you find the material here helpful, but also that it leaves you in a good mood, that it's a positive message. And uh, I hope other people feel that way too, because sometimes we can talk about some difficult things. Uh, it brings up some uncomfortable memories of things that have happened in our careers, and I always use those as illustrations to help us move forward and do better. So thanks, Mark, for stopping by. Well, today I want to help you reignite your passion and potential by talking about leading from the side. And this podcast episode is especially for those new teachers, but it's actually a really good reminder for all of us, no matter how long we've been in the game. So hang on, this is going to be one empowering ride. I used to get frustrated when I went out to recess and I saw all the other teachers with their classes and it was like the kids just hung on to those teachers. They couldn't get enough and I wanted to be a teacher like that. But for some reason, it just wasn't in my nature to be so BFF with my kids. I mean, I love my students, and they loved me, but we just weren't pals. I I did go to their games and their dance recitals and other events, but again, I wasn't like one of them. And as I got along in my career, I realized a lot of those teachers I wished I was when I started really struggled in the classroom. Uh, But that's where I shined. They would complain that their kids didn't listen But what was funny is when we would switch classes and I would go teach their kids, they were fantastic. I mean, you know, sure, they're kids from time to time, but overall they followed routines and procedures and they really responded well to consistency. And one day it hit me like, dang, it's because their teacher is too chummy with them. You know, the one characteristic I wish I had is actually their downfall. Um, There's actually this one teacher who was really good at turning it off and turning it on. And when she was in the classroom, she was in charge. But on the playground and during lunch, she was just one of them, you know, braiding hair and swapping stories and joking with the boys. And that was something that I was like, okay, I could handle doing that. At least I thought so. But it ended up proving way too hard for me to be two different people. Um, So I just came to grips with that because sometimes we just have to own who we are. You know, it worked for that teacher, but it just wasn't in my DNA to be able to turn it off and on. So I had to come to Jesus meeting with myself. (laughs) I owned who I was as a teacher. And, you know, I'm a loving teacher. I have a sense of humor, but I'm also very structured and, and have high expectations, 
you know, I'm not going to let you fail, but I'm not going to do it for you either. And I certainly draw a line between teacher and student. I know that sounds kind of harsh, but I guess I'm just more, you know, a serious type A type of person. Um, but once I allowed me to be me and just stopped worrying about the chumminess on the playground, my kids and I grew closer. So when I'd sit with them to read, you know, I knew exactly what to say and how to say it to keep them encouraged and on track because we started to get to know one another. And when a personal matter would come up in their life, they would come right to me. They'd whisper in my ear, they'd slide me a note, and that relationship allowed me to, you know, know how to navigate my response to them going forward. Um, that way I was compassionate and supportive, but I could still hold them accountable. And that's just the way it worked for me. So what I'm wanting to say is, you know, you have to lead from the side. When I got up in front of the kids and I start harping or giving direct instruction after direct instruction, my kids were just miserable and I was so disconnected from what they needed that I was ineffective. So leading from the front is, is too top-down for kids. They don't understand it and obviously don't respect it and it puts you miles apart and that ain't going to work. And when I tried to be chummy and be one of them, it, it also backfired. You know, in the classroom was nothing but drama. Who was I closer with or who called or texted me or, and the lack of listening and, and taking me seriously. So leading from behind doesn't work either. And you can't be one of them and then put down the hammer when it's necessary. It's like, who is this person? So we got to learn our own version of leading from the side. And that's really a fine line between an authoritarian and a friend and you know, you're close enough to be a mentor with this personal side, but you're far enough to be able to dish out consequences and create structures to not just keep kids safe, but also keep things moving and grooving. You know, for me, that meant spending a lot of time outside the classroom just talking to my kids. And that way I could use that information in the classroom to really push them to new heights. You know, relationships are everything in education, but you just got to be careful when I first started out, I hadn't earned my stripes. You know, I was closer to their age. So being young was strike one. I listened to the same music, and I was very much, you know, in the know of the culture. Um, so that was strike two. <laughs> and I wanted to be their friend because I wanted to be their favorite teacher. And I had, you know, all these dreams of changing their life. And, well, without, you know, some well-established leadership, they completely took over. So that was strike three. And I finally learned the balance of friend and leader, and I'd really admire those that figured out much earlier than I did. But that's why I'm here telling you how important it is for you to first establish yourself as a leader of the classroom before building those relationships. And you can always tone things down, but it's almost impossible to stiffen up down the road. So here's what I suggest you do. Before the kids even get there, just determine what kind of culture do you want in the classroom. And from there, list actions that you are going to take to make that happen. Instead of just having this vision, like, what can you do right now to make that a reality? If you want kids to walk up to you and just tell you about their day, then you need to start your day at the door greeting students by name and asking them, how was the baseball game last night? Or did you enjoy the show yesterday? You set yourself up for success when you plan your interactions. And I know that really sounds crazy, but if you don't know what you want and how to get it, it's going to take forever for you to get it. You know, ain't nobody got time for that. At the same time that you're brainstorming the culture you want to attain, start scripting out your procedures and your rules. You know, I like to make rules with my kids, but that doesn't mean I don't already have a handful I know I want to incorporate in my back pocket. 
I just always, I figure out a way to just suggest it or piggyback off someone else to arrive, you know, at some of the few I know we needed, you know, like not leaving your seat without permission or one person talking at a time. And I know you're listening to this and you're like, it might feel weird to kind of script out your procedures, but if you don't know what you want, then you're not going to be able to teach the kids to do it the way you imagine it. You know, they're not mind readers. Uh, I even suggest standing in front of the room, rolling out your procedures before the kids even get there. That way you can just make sure it's exactly what you want. There's no missing steps. Uh, walk the procedure as if you're one of the kids. You know, is it an efficient route? Does it have logical order? Whatever. Um, that troubleshooting prior to really prevent some problems. So once you have the culture in mind, your rules and procedures are in place, then spend some time off the record with your kids. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be with every kid. You know, I used to spend one to two minutes after dropping kids off at lunch to just hang around and listen in on the conversations. It told me a lot about their personality. And even when I would chime in on their topic of choice, they were so delighted. I also would put a post-it note on one kid's desk a day after they left, uh, you know, praising them for something they did well. And those two simple things took less than a minute to do, but they had such a huge effect. So brainstorm some ways you can build relationships throughout the school day so that when you are in the classroom, you can use those to your advantage. And you'll learn what makes them tick. They'll learn you truly care. And before you know it, you just got each other's backs. As a teacher coach, I just beg of you to please lead from the side. Don't be a dictator leading from the front and don't be a friend leading from behind. Find your happy medium, own your own style, and then make relationships happen. At first, it's very prescribed with lots of forethought, you know, but once you figure out your teaching style and you figure out the flow of your classroom, it's going to become such a habit you won't even know you're doing it. But like with everything, when you start something new, you got to break it down into steps. You got to think it through, have lots of reflection and all before it becomes a a habit and all before it becomes just a part of who we are. Uh, Leadership takes time to develop, especially when you're figuring out how to teach at the same time. But if you listen to my advice, you'll absolutely be successful in both. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on Leading from the Side. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is a member of the Education Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details.